0: This is nice. guys it's me alex welcome to the alex cast i after 295 episodes of this show plus i don't know i'd probably say somewhere around 50 to 100 guest appearances where i say a line something like that i still don't know how this show starts and that's something i i'm gonna work on by the next by, by episode 500 i'm gonna have an opening line to this show and it's gonna be good so speaking of that i have a guest in studio hi eric Hi, Alex.
1: How's, that, it, how's it going?
0: It's going well. That's that's Eric Arnison, Arnison. Um He's he's in studio again. You may recognize him from recently when he was on the show from
1: episode number two hundred and ninety.
0: Oh yeah, very very good. Yeah, yeah. How can you remembering stuff?
1: You know, numbers. I, I remember. Uh, I remember like five or six numbers at a time.
0: Wow, that's pretty good. I mean, that's 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 only like two to three less than the average person. Very nice. Well, you
1: know, just like when I was on my way over here, I totally remembered that your address had a two in it.
0: That's true. Hey, don't don't <laughs> let people know where I live, man. They oh, yeah, could, I could, won't. Uh, they, they could come to Portland and <laughs> look for every number two and then somehow come around to the back of the house. And <laughs> well, <laughs> but, you're giving away too much already. Yeah, it's true. Ugh. I Ugh. mean, frankly, the uh, the only stalker I've ever well, – I've had two stalkers since the show started and one previous to the show back when I was a blogger. And uh, <clears throat> one of them I know knew where I lived because because he had sent me something. And This was a couple of apartments ago, but still he had sent me a, a gift. I don't know why I put that in quotes. Nor did I have to point out I put it in quotes. It's well, I mean, did he?
1: It, was it like a dead mouse that he left in your doorstep? No, it was a book. It was a
0: perfectly nice thing, and that's why I was like, "Oh, that was weird that I put gift there because it's it, the, the the problem is it was creepy because I didn't give my address away. This was uh-huh. just uh, work. But anyway, the long story short, I've never been threatened in any way that I felt threatened by any of the audience. So, frankly, if they knew where I lived, I'd be like, oh, cool, you yeah. know, maybe they leave you a gift. Yeah, or just come over. <laughs> I mean, frankly, I'm not, I'm not really." I'm usually not doing much. Like yeah, just, you
1: can just you know bring me bring me some uh, some potato chips.
0: Yeah, just pop on by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm good. It's yeah. it's yeah. it's the house with the two in it. Yeah, it go around house. back. Go around back. You know, ring the doorbell that vaguely doesn't work all that often, and the, the picky doorbell. Yeah, the yeah. picky doorbell, and then we can you know just have a chat. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not really doing much of anything yeah so. i mean you've
1: got a new light bulb and stuff and yeah it's yeah. It's,
0: it's fancy so the new light bulb has a reason i'm gonna explain this to the audience because this actually plays into the alex cast though so the reason that light bulb that's a natural light bulb with the thingy on it and that's why that one's over there is when that's on where uh we can film in here and it there's not super shadowy because that's the top light and that's the bottom light and it doesn't get very shadowy what that's were you ca- filming well i'm gonna start filming podcasts or like doing live stream Oh, right. I I remember uh, you did that once or twice, huh? Yeah, I've done it over the years, and um, I hate it because I don't like what I look like. uh, But in an effort to kind of get over that, Mm -hmm. I thought it'd be like, that would be a good thing since it's a comfort level. But um, I did some looking around of how to light things. And as as horrible as a Chinese bulb on the floor uh, looks, when that's on, it does spray light upwards, and it keeps horrible... Oh, uh, so that's actually plugged in. uh, Or it's... Close enough to being, p- yeah, 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 that is plugged in. Okay, yeah. okay. And um,
1: so it, it's uh, the the light or the, the paper cover just diffuses the light. So yeah, and you,
0: you don't it. get like harsh angles or whatever. So um, when it's on, you, you don't get like super lines under your face. So you look like a million times fatter, which mm. is all I care about. I don't care if I look bad. I just don't want to look super fat. It's just that's my one concern because I'm medium fat and I hate that when I get filmed, I'm like, oh, I look like proper fat. But in real life, I'm like medium fat. I just, that's all I want.
1: Uh, maybe you need a narrower lens.
0: Yeah, I if I knew how to do that, I would. But I mean,
1: uh, yeah, don't ask me. That's the only photography filming thing that I know. I'm, yeah, I'm out of ideas now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can see from the setup of this room, it's not exactly like I I know a lot about like you know, artistic layouts or like really you know how to how to aesthetically please you know. <laughs> like I threw tapestries on the wall because I lived here for five years and uh, I went. I should probably have something in the wall. It's depressing in here.
1: Yeah, maybe you should consider some color in your tapestries
0: the one behind you has color sepia is a color yeah okay yeah yeah okay yeah that's a color (laughs) sepia and black and white those i mean that's an upwards of three colors um so crap
1: you know uh when we just started the podcast there was something i really wanted to ask you and i have forgotten now what it was uh so you should probably ask me stuff
0: okay um Eric, the, the one question I really prepared for you was, uh, what was that thing you were going to ask me? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. If we, can, if we
1: uh, play back the beginning of the podcast, maybe I will remember what it is I was going to say.
0: Uh, hey guys, it's me Alex. I've been doing this show for 295 episodes, and I still haven't been able to figure out how to open any kind of given show. Speaking of that, Erickson Studio, you may write, you said hi, Alex. How are you? I said uh, hey, uh, that's Eric. You may recognize him from a, a, a previous episode, and you said episode 290, and I said wow, look at you with the memory. Oh yeah. And then, and then uh, you said it's a little different down here, and then we started talking about uh, being stalked. And then we went into That's it. Uh Stalking.
1: Stalking. I have a stalker story. Oh, good. I had an internet stalker in like 1995. Oh, really? 1994, perhaps. Like super, super long ago. Yeah. I was first at college. Uh, There were like internet chat rooms that were, this is like pre-AOL chat. They were totally text-based, telnet chat yeah yeah i I remember
0: them yeah bbs's and whatnot yeah
1: Yeah, but it was like post yeah i mean bbs's were still happening at that time but you'd log into these things and i think it was mostly college kids who were in like their college computer lab who were using them and somehow through this i got myself an internet stalker i don't i never found out who it was i don't even uh i think she was in canada her name was all i know about her is her name was i think eve uh she sent me some letters and some cards and stuff and um yeah, an internet stalker. Long, oh. long, long ago. I had totally spaced it out and forgotten about it until you talked about stalking. Yeah, that's
0: an early one, too. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you're, you're on the forefront of uh, creepy internet behavior.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I was probably, you know, I was a college kid. I probably had creepy internet behavior myself, but, yeah. uh, maybe Eve is out there still. Eve, if you're out there, uh, it's, it's time. It's been 20 some years. You can reveal your identity.
0: Yeah, please do. I, I'd be really, this would be a great reveal. We can invite her in with a name like Eve. I'm going to guess she was from Quebec somewhere. That's a very French name.
1: Yeah. I feel like, uh, there were probably some clues that maybe I wasn't clever enough to follow at the time. Um, but I do remember something about canada and maybe some quebec stuff that that might be
0: true. yeah i was just i'll just get my eve just because that's that's a very french name mm-hmm. quebec likes french for some reason which i still don't really understand how that works but
1: well i mean we like english
0: no, but I mean, Quebec is part of uh, an English-speaking country that's, that's a province of, of England. Yeah, but it's they've... just weird that one of the provinces has an official French language. Yeah, I'm okay with it. Oh, no, I'm fine with it. I'm just confused <laughs> by its existence. I, I just don't understand that. I'm sure there's a very easy history. Um, we asked once, I was in Montreal years upon years ago, and, uh, this was probably like 1998. Mm-hmm. And we, th- their, uh, their license plate is, uh, Jimmy Sauvignon. And we're like, uh, well, we asked some random people we're like hey what is what does that mean we're on our way out and and they go oh it means uh, uh we remember or like we still remember and we're like oh well what do you still remember and they go well back before this was an anglophone country and they <laughs> like with this really like an kind of angry face like oh sorry yeah uh, so uh, <laughs> i mean
1: it makes me feel like perhaps uh louisiana should still speak
0: french that's true which i i mean i'd be fine i i'd be fine with cuz frankly <laughs> I'm not going to be able to speak it anyway. I've tried my hardest to speak French. and uh, Well,
1: that little yeah. bit you said right there, that sounded super French. Your pronunciation sounded pretty good.
0: Yeah, it's just, you know, for four words at a time, it's all right. Just any kind of, like, sentence conjugation or... Yeah. Anything that's I I'm I'm like twenty percent fluent on like four languages on Duolingo. Like I'm I'm I I just found out I'm thirty percent fluent in German, and I'm like, no, I'm I'm not. But that's according to the <laughs> app, it is.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's good. It's good to have a little bit of every language, I suppose. Uh, you know, I mean, if you listen to the, if the sapir wharf hypothesis is true, then that means you're probably better. Or you you've got a broader range of thinking than most people.
0: That's the commander of the Star Trek Enterprise, right? Uh,
1: yeah. It's, I think, his, uh, his married name.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. No, what, what is the hypothesis? I, I don't know that one off uh, the top of The Sapir-Whorf yeah.
1: hypothesis is the hypothesis that your language... Uh, restricts or shapes your ability to think about stuff or the range of oh, things you can think about?
0: Oh okay, I didn't know that was the name of it. Yeah, I'm f- I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's mostly I think big chunks
1: of it have been disproven or they've they've altered the hypothesis quite a bit over the years, so it's got a lot of different meanings yeah. now, but
0: Yeah, there's I mean there's some I I think there's some truth to that because there's just certain like um there's I don't remember what language it is, but um they've got a thing where uh they think of the future as being behind them. Uh-huh. And that's I mean just a small example, but I mean like that's intrinsically my brain doesn't accept that, and but that's because <laughs> of the language I use. I mean, it's because the future ahead. It makes sense.
1: It the does. The future you can't see it because it's, it's totally sneaking up on you. Yeah, yeah. I I don't trust the future now.
0: Yeah, I, I, I guess they don't either. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, why would you?
0: I, I don't know. I mean, I a I, I very probably the best movie of the '90s uh, told me that you can't fight the future.
1: No, uh, I was just reading a book by a rabbi. I think it was Rabbi Ira Stone, and he was writing about the relationship between the future, the present, and the past. Yeah. And it was something like, um, the future is always struggling to be the past.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mostly by sneaking up behind you.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I know. I like that quite a bit. Yeah. But that, you know, that language thing is really interesting. I think about this stuff a lot because I'm a language nerd, but like there's, um, if people that speak um any of the tritonal languages like mm-hmm. like like uh i think mandarin's one of them but the ones that have like like ma 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 like the three different tones mm-hmm. their uh their propensity towards having perfect pitch is 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 higher so like if perfect pitch in like english-speaking countries or like the two-tone countries like we mm-hmm. uh, around here um it's like a perfect pitch is like one percent, let's say I'm totally making that number up. okay, but in those countries it would be like six percent, or let's say ours is three, theirs would be 10. like it's significantly higher in countries. Wow. That, so I mean it's not necessarily changing your brain, but I mean that is a significant brain structure. I mean, having perfect pitch is yeah, yeah another yeah.
1: I think another experiment they've done is um, names of colors. like if you don't if your language doesn't have a name for a color, if your native tongue doesn't have a name for a color, you don't really see it. So, oh, so like yeah. we we differentiate green and blue, but uh, but even that is kind of a new thing. Like we didn't yeah. used to make a big deal about the difference between them. So people who don't have a native tongue with different words for green and blue usually can't tell the difference between them.
0: Yeah, I, that totally makes sense. That's my favorite fact. It's a favorite fact of color of that that everything that was what, the term orange is new. Mm-hmm. The, the color orange is named after the fruit. Yeah, yeah, so. The really interesting thing about it, so that's why everything that's like, why, why quote unquote, redheads have orange hair. It's because they didn't have the word for orange. Yeah. That's why red-breasted sparrow, they're, I mean, they're obviously orange-breasted. They're not red. Yeah. The yeah. whole, and I was just like, oh, that's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's literally just the color was just, that. no, it was just red. One that's, day we
1: yeah. had a name for it, and now everybody knows what orange is. Yeah,
0: and again, yeah, differentiate between the two. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Fruit. Yeah, and it, you gave us a wonderful uh, uh, HBO series about turning you into black.
1: Not only that, but you did a great job getting rid of scurvy.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: and uh, i I've been um, I've been watching Supergirl, the new Supergirl TV show. Oh, I like that show. Yeah. Uh, some of it's really good. I just watched a couple episodes, which were so horrible at I at the television. But there was the thing yeah. with Mister Mix Mister yeah, that guy, yeah. that guy, and he couldn't make people drink orange juice
0: oh yeah, yeah yeah that's fun i forgot about that aspect yeah he's 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 a regular character in the uh superman uh, uh comic books and, he is and, shows, and yeah. but in
1: the old days like in the super friends cartoon or whatever it was always a uh, mixle click mix they, they pronounced it differently back then
0: yeah in the in the comics it was always like which like which is also in the the um rebooted superman cartoons from the 90s that's how you said it which i think he was voiced by gilbert Gottfried or Somebody like mm-hmm. that, which was a really funny take. He was like an old kind of Jewish comedian style uh transdimensional alien, which yeah. I feel like if you're gonna have a trans alien, it's not gonna be a very handsome guy that makes you sing musicals. It's gonna be just a strange, <laughs> you know, I think I think an old Jewish guy still like brought, you know, jokes is probably closer to the bark. I don't yeah, know why. probably.
1: <laughs> it would maybe depend on the uh on the dimension he uh trans dimensioned from.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a super powerful being, you can just kind of choose your choose your look. And I yeah, I, I probably be... would choose you know Chisel jaw, make handsome. That was the way he was portrayed on that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I thought that was a pretty entertaining episode. Um, but man, I'm about I'm almost ready to give up on it. Some of the it's it totally it's so soap opera y and some of the characters are so idiotic. It this yeah. bothers me a lot. In a lot, of, did we talk about? I feel like we might have talked about Batman versus Superman the last time I was on. Maybe not.
0: It's possible. I I I, I've railed against that movie in many places, so I don't know.
1: Well, it's a problem I think with a lot of uh, people who, or a lot of um, adaptations of comic books to screen and stuff, is where a lot of these superheroes are supposed to be really, really smart. Like one of Superman's powers is that he's a super genius. Yeah, Uh, and he's always such an idiot on TV. Yeah. And, uh, and I kind of get that same feeling from Supergirl. I mean, she's a Kryptonian. She's probably supposed to be super, super smart. But she's kind of an idiot, too. And you get tired. I get tired of it. I get tired of, yeah. of, of, uh, of looking at him and be like, why didn't she just... You know, when the spaceship was trying to leave the atmosphere, instead of, like, pushing it, trying to push it back, why didn't she just go, like, destroy an engine? Just punch, like, yeah. one engine out,
0: you know? That's, I, yeah, that's very common with those shows. If, mm-hmm. if you watch The Flash... That show is just
1: Uh. – every decision
0: is dumb. (laughs) I mean it is shocking how bad the decision-making in that show is. And it's not like – and it's not like a character trait. It's just crap writing. It
1: makes me wonder like how do those people manage to not only like hold down jobs but have like houses and friends that still hang out with them and stuff. It also makes me feel really good about my decision-making. Like, in the real life, my decision-making is way better than all of these fictional characters on TV. Yes,
0: yeah, true. But, I mean, I suppose your decision-making may be slightly... Like, you don't every day don't have to deal with the fact that you have a godlike power to run back in time and change anything you feel like. So it's possible that that, yeah. got, that that sort of temptation, like I, that's not something we have to wake up and have to struggle. Like I have to wake up and deal with, you know pants, yeah or going to work, right.
1: You know? Like you have those days where you wake up and you're like, "Oh crap, I forgot to do laundry yesterday. Should I run back in time and do laundry? Yeah, exactly,
0: yeah, Oh, yeah, I've been meaning to kill Hitler. <laughs> Should I
1: just maybe? – I'm just going to run back in time this morning and kill Hitler and see what happens. Yeah. And then if it doesn't work out, I'll run back in time and stop myself from running back in time and be like, hey, hey, don't do it. That was a bad idea.
0: Yeah, well, that's actually the entire theme of, of The Flash is iterations of him fucking up while going back in time and then trying to run back and fix it. And it's it could be such interesting storytelling, which it is in the comics, but uh-huh. boy, that show just – if yeah. it wasn't for that guy being like just a ball of charisma like I like the the guy that plays the Flash Justin Garan or whatever his name yeah, is. Yeah, he's he's fun to watch. Yeah, I just like kind of like yeah, I just I just like looking at you so like I'm kind of I'm a, like you're just charismatic. So yeah. just go be charismatic. I I I could ignore a lot of this.
1: I it, that was just one of those shows that I was kind of like watching really mindlessly on on Hulu and then when uh when they stopped putting it on Hulu, the new episodes, I was like, "All right, I guess I'm done. With yeah. it. I don't need to watch it anymore." Well, did
0: you watch the other half of the of the next episode where they go over to Arrow and they have the musical episode? No, is that what it was? Yeah, so oh. they, he gets introduced, and then they uh, they go over to Arrow and they have a full musical um, where every there's like four different like setup songs or whatever. They're in another universe. So can the Flash sing? Yeah, he, he's huh. apparently from another tv show that he was a singer he's not weirdly enough i'd heard he could sing i didn't know him from the other show but like he he was the one that he seemed to put the most like vocal effect on but maybe that's what sounds good to kids i I don't know
1: i don't know either i i might uh, i might go check it out but i'm not sure if i if my oh
0: don't don't watch like all of it but like that that one episode is (laughs) Uh worth because boy that show is yeah that show's really rough (laughs) have you been watching twin peaks no I watched the first two episodes and was bored to tears. Well,
1: yeah, uh, yeah it's got really slow pacing. Yeah. Um, then we, we shouldn't talk about it. I don't want to spoil. I, I suspect that after it's over, if it's really, really good, you'll hear that it's really, really good and you'll go watch I,
0: That's it. my plan is I'm waiting for uh, kind of when it gets more towards the end of the season and then uh-huh. I'm going to binge to catch up. But like I can't, I I watched the first two and then went like in seven days I there's I can't get my power back up like I could have I could have watched <laughs> more episodes after that because I'm be like yeah this is boring but whatever I, this is what I'm doing right now yeah but having a break between them is just like oh this is this is rough episode four
1: and five were pretty bad episode six is a little bit better I'm I'm probably gonna watch episode uh, seven tonight and yeah hopefully that'll be okay. yeah I
0: I tapped out I'm waiting for the run I'm doing the same with American Gods because that that show is just kind of garbage and I is it. <laughs> It's – people like and, it, but I think it's – people like it because it's – well, you know, we're in the age of so-called prestige television, and I think a lot of shows that are wait, just – what does that mean? What's prestige television? Prestige television is like Game of Thrones or Westworld or like, uh-huh. you know, the kind of – the ones that are made to seem important instead of, you know, just kind of like space fillers. Oh. Like, you know, like Arrow isn't prestige television or or, or the Big Bang Theory isn't, but like, you know, um the only thing I can think of is Game of Thrones or – um you yeah, those, know, those type of shows. Where you know, they like, don't
1: even – they call them like – a three episode event.
0: Yeah, that sort of thing. Like The Wire is, I think, the one that kind of started it. That kind of like really trying to go for like really super quality writing in a TV thing and they call hmm. it Prestige TV. And there's some shows that like kind of go for that style but don't have the 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 meat to back it up. And American Gods is like that, which I liked that book when I was young. And uh just the it's they did a good job making it into TV show, but it just didn't need to be. So it's uh-huh. just it's really struggling to try to make it into this, like, epic thing, and it's just like, eh, nah, we're, we're all right.
1: Yeah, I've never uh, read American Gods. I'm not, I am not. I don't know that I'm going to um, watch the TV show. I've also, like, I tried watching Game of Thrones, and I watched the first season of it, I think, uh, and a little bit of the second season, and then I just kind of lost interest.
0: Yeah, if I hadn't read the books, I don't know that I would have stuck with the show. Yeah. But I had read all the books, so now I'm just... Kind of watching just like to see what happened, like almost like just more curiosity, and mm-hmm. I, some of it's quite good. But like, yeah, it misses more than it hits. But you know, it's frankly, I got time, so I, I need something yeah. to fill it up. You know, it's yeah. only only so much writing and you know other weird obscurica that you can get to. You know, Ooh, I read your book. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you for that. How, how did you How did you like it?
1: I liked it a lot. It was uh, super interesting. Uh, you had a really the narrative style was. Was was interesting. At first, I was kind of like, I at first when I the, when I first encountered the narrative style, I sort of felt, is this kind of gimmicky? And I couldn't tell. And then once I started getting into it, and the plot started unfolding, or refolding, or whatever the heck the plot yeah. did, uh, I liked it a lot. I, I, I thought it. I thought it all came together. I thought it made a lot of sense in the end. Um, uh, I liked all the blood and guts. I thought that was a that was an interesting take on things. I think. Well, let me ask you this. When you were writing the book, did you understand what was happening? Yeah. So you knew what was happening and you were yeah. trying to put it into words.
0: Well, this is – part of the reason I, I, I wanted to have you read it was – and I talk about this on the show a lot back when the back when the book came out – is that that, that book is, is an initiatory practice. It if is. If you go back and read it, mm-hmm. I tell you the entire book in the first couple chapters – Y- yeah. But you don't have you know you don't have the eyes to see. So if you mm-hmm. go back and read it there's a, like at one point like when he first goes to the bar he mm-hmm. ch- he coughs on invisible dust. Yeah. Which is he goes later to the bar when it's completely empty mm-hmm. and he ch- and he coughs on the dust in there. Like the whole thing is is just a big kind of echo to, to itself. So if you read it from the beginning, which I'm not saying you should, but like there's a crapload of stuff where I just went, Oh yeah, here are the cards I have in my hand and you don't, you can't see them because you don't know what's going to happen in the book yet. Right. Right. Which I, I think kind of hinders people liking it because it does, it reads really weird in the center. And then what, you know, once you circle back around, it starts to, you know, anyway, but Yeah, 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 the whole point is it's an initiatory process. So now, now you're initiated into the periphery, come back to the other side and you're like, Oh, that's why that's happening. Oh, oh shit. That Oh, fucking A, you actually said that like two chapters in and you had no idea what it meant, but yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I liked that about it actually. I could see that it was a, it was a sort of initi you know, the main character definitely went through an, an initiatory experience yeah. and um and uh you know, you get the feeling that that all of his uh experience in the, you know, the the so-called real world or whatever uh was just being pulled along with him and seen through a different lens by the end of the book, I liked that a lot. It was,
0: yeah, I'm glad you dug it. Yeah, it seemed yeah. it seemed to be uh, right up uh, the alley of people that are into mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I had someone told me that it's a very gnostic book, and I was like, oh, that's very cool. Didn't mean that, but all uh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gnostic
1: is kind of a catch-all term now, but
0: uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get what he's saying. You know, yeah. the whole you know, it's one of those it's one of those things where you know, and 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 God bless the Gnostics. You know, the the modern no, no, God
1: didn't. God doesn't bless the Gnostics. No,
0: That's... okay, well, source bless. The original source that was exploded into The monad. Bits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bless them. That they're trying, but it's just like, gosh, stop talking about the fucking Matrix already. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, it's, there's, there's other movies that they've done it better. Like, it's, yeah. yeah it's, Have other movies done it better? I I, I wonder. Um, I mean, the, the other one they reference a lot is Dark City, which I think did a better job of it. Um, I mean, frankly, just you don't need movies to do it. I mean, dude, yeah, you know that whole Plato's the cave. I mean, the, he, mm-hmm. that's 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 what five thousand years old or something. You know, I mean, you not know, five thousand, but like, but I mean that yeah. that's
1: the original movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, like, we can just talk about that. We don't need to bring the Matrix into it. it you mm-hmm. know, it's like it's like. I picture anytime, like, somebody of the Gnostic community starts talking about the Matrix, I picture, like, a youth pastor spinning a chair around and going, you know what, let's rap about Jesus. Where it's like, oh, <laughs> uh-uh, you're, you're, like, you're trying so desperately to, like, yeah. be cool and hip. And it's like, yeah, the movie is still for, you know, it's for 1999. <laughs> like, yeah. We need to, yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: I always forget how old it is.
0: Yeah, it's it's just one of I mean, it's. It's fine, like their point is well made, but there's just this kind of cringe factor. Mm-hmm. Maybe like me, like trying to be like, so you like Kendrick Lamar or some like, you know, some young people music that I, I I've know. heard of for you know, like I yeah, i have yes. No idea who Kendrick Lamar is. So I had a young kid on the show that introduced me to it, oh. but you know, it's just like I don't, I this, these aren't words for me. you know? huh. But all right, so okay, gnosticism No, no, we that's that I brought it up. Book, you like the book? Thank you. Yes. Thumbs up. Um. I was gonna transfer into something there.
1: Stalkers? We already did.
0: Stalkers. Yeah, we already did stalkers. Okay. Yeah, shout out to Eric. Um, there used to be the official Alex Gass stalker, though. He, I think Wait, he stopped listening. His to name the was show. Eric. Yeah. Oh. With a C, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Those guys are always
1: stalkers. Eric's yeah. With C's.
0: I'm not sure if I mean to be. F- I don't know if that's actually his name. But yeah, anyway, it's a it's a long convoluted story, and I don't think he listens anymore, which is no. slightly insulting. Eric, come back. Yeah. How do you? I don't know how you lose a stalker. I.
1: I I don't know. Uh, I mean, did that, you did you pay attention
0: to him? At times,
1: maybe that's why. I think I think if you don't pay attention to stalkers, they tend to stalk harder.
0: Yeah, well, that's unfortunate. I uh, liked I liked having, you know, you know, it felt like it felt like finally somebody was out there. You know, <laughs> as much as it's creepy, at least somebody, at least somebody likes the show. Don't you? Um... Don't you have listeners? You must have listeners. I do, but they never talk. So it's like the good, the good thing about, yeah. about the stalkers is they, they speak to you. Like the, the, the interaction with the audience is, is, is always been kind of, I've always had like a pretty quiet uh, audience, though mm-hmm. I can see the numbers because, you know, you can see your download numbers. Right. So I know they're there, uh, but they're always generally pretty quiet. Every now and again, I'll get an email. I mean, I get emails pretty consistently, but like, you mm-hmm. know, somebody will come and be like, dude, I've been listening since day one. I just don't talk, you know, that sort of thing. But, um, now that Twitter's kind of on the way out, which was the main way that you think Twitter's on the way out? Oh yeah, I mean their numbers are in the toilet. I mean anybody huh. that's been on there for a while will tell you like most mostly it's bots on there at this point. Like yeah, n- not a lot of interaction. Like it's it's gone down a lot, and huh. that was the, kind of the main outlet for this show. It's like ah oh, yeah, so now there's no one to talk to. You know even my, even the stalkers are quiet. Right. Yeah.
1: Uh, what are you going to use next? Elo? Have you used? <laughs>
0: <laughs> i signed up for elo when it started um, i signed up
1: for elo also i think i've got like a couple elo accounts yeah. and i never use them i get well, elo spam every day well
0: day. after twitter was instagram already had it's like that was the big thing and then uh snapchat is what the young people use which i just I, I don't even oh snapchat's a pain in the ass yeah it's i don't i don't really see the i don't even want to say i don't get it because I, I, this isn't one of those i'm just out of touch things it's just i don't get it on a On a personality level. Like, I Mm -hmm. understand. I just, like, why would you want that? Like, I just don't see the, I don't see what it's offering that other things don't have and have, have it better. I yeah, it's, it's, I'm at a loss on that one.
1: Yeah. And, uh, using, using Instagram to promote a podcast is kind of strange. Have you had any success
0: with that? I feel like. I get more, I get more interaction. Like I have like, I, I never promote Instagram. I didn't actively try to get people to follow. So I only have, I don't know, a couple hundred followers on there mm-hmm. or something like that. Maybe even less than that. I don't know. I haven't really looked, but like I'll consistently get like, I'll post like anything and I'll consistently get, you know, 10, 15 likes on it or something like that. Uh, well, on Twitter, yeah. it's just, I mean, I'll get, I'll, I'll get a tumbleweed will go by. I didn't even know they had those on Twitter, but like just a tumbleweed will go across <laughs> the screen. Yeah. <you> know?
1: <laughs> yeah. I guess they, they must've added that to the app. <laughs> yeah, they should.
0: But yeah, anyway, it, it's, it, so yeah uh, stalkers are are fun because people you know are around
1: well we could make an appeal and uh, so stalkers if you're out there if you're looking for somebody new to stalk uh alex needs internet stalkers
0: yeah i don't you know or just you know people that like you know communicate as as listeners that would be fine you know, like oh yeah i guess you, that's yeah. the other one
1: yeah if you're listening to this right now get on twitter and tweet something to alex uh what's your twitter handle
0: uh, at the alex cast or yeah. you know, don't. That's fine. No,
1: do it. Yeah. Do it. Don't don't listen to him. He's, <laughs> he's he's he really earnestly wants people to tweet at him. So tweet.
0: Yeah, it's it, it is it is nice because boy, uh, doing a podcast, especially solo episodes, is is like. A, it really is as close to madness as you can get. Like, where it's yeah. just like, "Oh, I'm going to record my voice onto this and then throw it out into the world and then have it be universally ignored, except for numbers, because it's like the numbers do represent something." It's like this is this is this is some kind of weird exercise. This is mm-hmm. this is this is some kind of some kind of mathematical right that I'm putting myself through. Right about sure what it is. <laughs> I've had
1: some, uh, you know, I've been doing. Uh, we've been doing our podcast now. That my Al- my alchemical bromance since. I think we started publishing episodes, like, a couple months ago. And um, and I tend to get, like, friends of mine who listen to the podcast and then come and talk to me about it in person. Yeah. Uh, instead of anything electronic. So I don't get, like, emails from them or tweets about it or even Facebook things about it. They'll actually come to me in person and be like, I was listening to your podcast and I have a question about blah, 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 blah. And I'm like weird why didn't you just email me i
0: i get that too i i have a guy that uh not he doesn't do it as often because i've kind of talked to him about it um uh, mm-hmm. that'll come up and and address something from the show i'm like i i don't know what you're talking about like i i forget this show immediately after it's over like it's not you know my throwaway line about that one news story i've just got i don't i don't know what this is you yeah. know so it's like sorry i can't <laughs> i can't answer. so but he kept doing it to be like he'll like have like a really witty rejoinder to be like i I don't know what you're saying, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I'm sure that that's a that's a funny response to, but that's that's a, that's recorded, Alex. That band's dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, you know, uh, a lot of since a lot of our episodes have like specific topics, um, and also since I go back and edit it and clean up all of our crappy recording stuff, because uh, I'm yeah. still not very good at recording podcast Things I don't have a setup like this. I've got yeah. just a little recorder that uh, that really needs one of those wind. Tro- oh yeah, troll yeah. heads. You know, that- those are expensive. Yeah, I don't understand. I it, don't either. Yeah. It, they're like, it's it's like furry stuff and a piece of elastic. I guess you have to make it fit the device in particular so it doesn't like rub up against the uh, microphone pickups or whatever, but whatever. I'll, yeah. I'll get one. Um, yeah, so so it's a little easier for me to remember our topic, And but again, I spend a lot of time editing it, so I listen to us talking a lot. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: well, I mean, you you mentioned it before, like last time you're on, you couldn't remember we talked about Batman or whatever. That's 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 the kind of thing where it's like oh, yeah. the off the cuff stuff, where it's just like, so in that example, it'd be like you and I sitting next to each other, and then when the listeners walked up, you'd be like, yeah, but the thing about it is because their name was Martha, and you're like, what what the f-? you know Batman versus Superman? Their the moms were both named Martha, and it's like, oh yeah, we must have talked about that on the show, but that's oh, the, right. that's the interaction <laughs> where they'll come up and finish the sentence. It's like.
1: God, that was such an awful reason for that. Like, who cares? Oh, uh, yeah, that was. Does that mean what that if um shit. what if Doomsday's mom's name was Martha? Yeah. Then what are you gonna do? Uh, just they'll so be like, all right, fine, Doomsday,
0: we'll help you destroy the planet. So terrible. <laughs> I I still can't get over how bad that movie is. Martha. Okay. Memory. Memory. Yes.
1: Oh yeah. So uh, earlier this month, at the beginning of June, I went to Second Mott Lodge of the OTO. The Ordo Templi Orientis. Do your listeners know who that is or what that is?
0: Uh, If you want to give a brief overview, I think most of them do, but it would probably be helpful.
1: All right. It's the secret society that uh, Crowley ran um, that's basically like uh, for Thelemites, for people who follow Alistair Crowley's religion. And it's it's like a fraternal order or initiatory group that's sort of like uh, Freemasonry for Goths.
0: That's probably a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah I like it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, and the local group is is pretty cool. It's got a lot of neat people in it. Uh, and my friend Keith uh, was their, I guess, oh, I'm not going to remember all of the right titles and stuff. I'm not a member of the OTO, but I think he was their deputy master. So he was like second in command and was running an educational program where they had speakers come in. And he invited me to come in and talk about uh, the art of memory, which is a topic that I've, you know, published papers on and spoken about a lot and been working on for a long time. So then Keith fell in love with a London girl, and now he lives in London, and he's kind of like it's it's sort of like a sorcerer's apprentice setup, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's he's having a blast, but he's uh, he's on the other he's on the other side of the pond now um so he didn't he didn't actually get to see me talk but uh the art of memory is a renaissance art of um that uses you know m- like memory palaces or the the system of loci which is where you have uh you create imaginary spaces in your mind whether they're based on real buildings or false buildings and you um you know you go around them and and uh and memorize like specific locations so you could like do it in this room you could have like you know, each of your shelves be a loci and this chair be a loci and, um, the mysterious closet could be a loci. And then yeah. in each one of those, you would store an image that would help you remember something. There's some really good, uh, I, I don't need to go into all there. People can look it up and find much better explanations online. So I can,
0: there's, um, there's a really great example of it in the, uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock, uh, the season one yes. He actually goes into his memory palace. I think it's season one, Yeah, but, uh, it's, that's that's what you're referencing for the the yeah exactly you know that well in the matrix you know i'm doing doing the exact same thing i railed against earlier but Mm -hmm. at least this is from four years ago not 1999 but yeah yes but uh, even uh, if
1: you if you get on youtube there's um there's a guy who's a memory champion who who will walk you through how to do it uh and his method like when he when i first saw that this was out there i was like oh you can't just walk somebody through it on youtube but he totally does he uses his own apartment he walks through it helps you create a memory palace in his apartment and then he's like all right let's see if we can remember stuff And he shows you how to use it and it it'll show you it'll show you the basis. So that's sort of the exoteric version. Right. It's still so because of the uh, because of because of how awesome the Renaissance was and how weird it was. The art of memory uh, was combined with um, sort of the the return of the Corpus Hermeticum and and Hermeticism sort of and the Renaissance Neopaganism uh the idea of like images being man i feel like i'm trying to rush through this it's a oh no we got <laughs> yeah. all the time okay. in the world. Yeah, um, let me like, oh, i should i'll have a little bit more wine that'll help
0: yeah wine up yeah that's uh, one, of the, one of the good things about being a completely uh, uh independent podcasting type person is uh i set my own schedule the shows can be as long or short as i want like it's i i answer to no man yeah except for me and that one sponsor that gives me money you have a sponsor yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we have to talk about them? Well, actually, I might as well just say it now since it was brought up. Uh, yeah, the, the standard, which is a bar in Portland. Right. 14 Northeast 22nd. That is my memory palace. How do you, um, how do you get a sponsor for a podcast? Well, in my case, uh, uh well, facebook.com slash the standard PDX. In my case, uh, the show is doing really, really well at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still doing pretty well for what the show is. Uh, you know a, a non-topic based just random guy talking um, but <clears throat> it was doing like super well for a while when I was focusing more on kind of uh, pagan stuff every episode or mm-hmm. whatever you know whatever you want to call this anyway it was doing super well maybe even... shut up Alex it was doing well uh, the guy at the standard joked around about being sponsored and I went "Duh, yeah that's funny but I didn't realize that uh, he was serious and I was like oh yeah I, I totally would do that and he went oh cool and then I just started talking about it on the show for money cool so yeah, it's that's 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 the long <laughs> and short of it is uh you know he needs places to advertise because i suppose it's a tax write-off and um i need money and, and bar tab which is what i right. get paid in so yeah
1: dang i want to i want a bar to sponsor me i should uh i'm gonna start asking around
0: yeah talk to, talk to your wine bar i i really poured like no wine that time that was ridiculous
1: yeah yeah don't do that this wine was cheap you should drink a bunch of it
0: well you know i i it, the problem is, so audience at home, I'm 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 goth as fuck, and I have black uh black mugs I'm drinking out of, and pouring into a black mug is is just a, it's it's just a guesswork. It's just it's yeah just the depths of nothing.
1: I would encourage you to get some super cheap white coffee mugs for drinking wine out of. They work really well.
0: Yeah, the reason I got these is I was at Walmart and I needed uh, I needed flatware, and they sold a, a set of black uh, plates uh, with black mugs. Uh, for, like, it was, like, 75% off. And I didn't want black mugs because, like, that's fucking embarrassing because I already wear black. I don't want to come across this goth. But for 75% off, fuck yeah, I'm doing it.
1: Yeah, uh, that me, uh, that makes sense. Okay, so back to the art of memory. The the So before we knew how eyeballs worked, um, we had this really interesting relationship with uh, how we thought that the soul inhabited the body. We thought that the soul, sort of like, shoved itself into the body in order to animate it, or projected itself into the body in order to animate it, and that your senses, uh, instead of being passive, which most of our senses are passive, I suppose things like tasting and smelling are maybe and touching. Well, okay, sight is passive, but we thought that all senses were were more active than that, and that as things entered through the senses, you had a sense method they had a name for it a sensory organ that would transform the things that you saw into forms like platonic forms which was how the soul spoke and the soul would pick up on these using what they would call what they called like a phantasmic faculty or uh or an imaginative faculty so the imaginary world or the world world of images in your mind was the way that your body communicated with your soul um, which tied directly into sort of like the way Neoplatonism works, you know, where, where you have, um, where you have an ideal world in which the forms reside, and in the filthy material world, what you have are the individual expressions or real expressions of forms. So this is not the real world here, but we pretend it is because that's where our bodies are existing. Yeah. Um. So language or words or things like that were seen as how souls would communicate to each other. Your soul would shoot forms down into your body, which would transform those forms into things like words or artwork or something like that, which would be communicated to another person through the senses. And then the process would reverse itself where your body would transform the forms in or transform all of your sensory input into forms, which would then be, I don't know, uploaded into the soul through the phantasmic faculty.
0: Interesting. Um, point, point of question. Did we know what the brain did back then? No, we didn't really
1: even start to get an idea of how the brain was operating or what, or, or anything of that nature until uh, probably the 1650s,
0: 1660s. But I mean, even rudimentary, like, did we know that's where stuff's stored or is no. that, that still hasn't happened?
1: No, yet? memory yeah. was not considered to be stored physically in the body at all that's it. the brain so so one of the problems is um there was no refrigeration and when you die your brain starts to decay very very quickly so by the time anybody gets around to like it, even if dissection had been legal and people were doing it regularly you wouldn't be working on brand new corpses in every corpse like the brain it'd already be mush you know yeah. there, there wouldn't be much brain to look at i think um there's this great book called uh the mind made flesh which is about uh, sort of the discovery, the initial discovery that the, of, of the brain and how it was working and the sort of stuff that it was doing. Um, and it talks about that, like, apparently we used to consider the brain to be just sort of a heat sink. Like, that's how your body got rid of heat. It was this mushy stuff up there that would send heat out into the world or get rid of excess heat.
0: Yeah, I this is the thing that I can't get my head around and I thought and this goes back to the language we we're talking about before, uh you know, kind of affecting the way that like, you know, you your worldview. Mm-hmm. I feel like my brain is where stuff ha- like if I have a headache, I feel less thinky to put it in like really like it amazes me that no one put the-
1: But but that again, like that's the sort of thing that that you might feel as a restriction because of how your thought is is shaped by your perception of yeah. right? So so if you believe that all thought is happening in the brain, and you get a headache, part of you is going to be like, "Oh, of course, this is going to make me think slower." It's I have pain in my thinking
0: place. I guess I but I I see what you're saying, and I I know that's right. I just can't get my head. It just feels like love feels hearty, which and is... people have come up with that for a while. Thinking feels heady, like I could see fear feels stomachy. So I could I could see how people would be like, oh uh the fear organ is in the stomach. But it, now it be but wrong but is that but
1: true I, like if you if you well, no, but that's what i'm saying
0: would... is why it's just weird because it feels like head if it's heady you know what i'm saying? So, yeah honestly
1: <laughs> if you go to different cultures you might find that instead they're like oh no fear i we we feel fear in our asses and love is a huh. knee thing i mean i mean i, I that's hyperbole i don't know if yeah. that's true that's something that would be interesting to look into um but one of the things that that i was exploring in this talk was um was that we don't think like they did in the renaissance anymore. Um one of the big changes that happened uh the book that I read so last last time I had a book in my bag because I I think I was actually getting ready for the talk last time and um so I was rereading uh, uh Eros and Magic in the Renaissance and he um he writes about he writes that you know one of the things that we really need to be aware of is that we have this we have this artificial divide that we've created in our culture between the imaginal or the ability of the mind to create images and the real world, whereas those were considered almost the same sort of thing. Like your imagination was uh, was just as important as your experience in the real world. We, we've we've diminuti- Crap, that's the second time in like two days. I've totally screwed up that word. Diminutized, diminuified, dim, you know, we've made it small. Diminished, <laughs> diminished. Yeah. We've diminished it. He actually calls it the complete circumcision, or the complete, yeah, something like that. The complete um, elimination of the imagination as a, um, as an active thinking, as an active faculty. We've, yeah, we've, we've diminished it to such a point where we consider imagination to be like child's play. Uh, in fact, the word fantasy we don't even treat fantasy as something that is worth paying attention to. You know, fantasy is is relegated now to like the realm of like sexual fantasy or flights of fancy that never happen or things that are, that are worthless. But, but fantasy, the way that it used to be used was the actual faculty that was used in your soul for, for understanding and comprehension of the world or even comprehension of things that weren't of the world. Um, so the art of memory, which is this way of creating fantastical memory scapes in your own mind was seen, um, as sort of a magical power, a fantastical power that would allow you to, um, to reflect the, the macrocosm in your own microcosm. It was a direct, uh, magical act to do this. And, and you see examples such as, um, the theater of the world by a guy with an Italian name which is totally escaping me at the moment um, where where you would create methods memory methods of storing all available human knowledge in an attempt to to create an artificial cosmos in your own mind um and and this also tied into another uh, platonic idea which was anamnesis the the concept of how learning worked. Uh, Socrates in Meno, I believe it's in the the, uh, the dialogue Meno. He talks about um, about learning, and he's like, you know, you don't create knowledge. Uh, all knowledge preexists. You know, the, the the cosmos has been created. The cosmos is a whole that has been created by a prime mover, by something beyond us. Um, and the creation of knowledge is not something that happens. Knowledge is already there. When you learn something. Instead of creating new knowledge, what you are doing is um, is remembering things that your soul has forgotten. You're you're remembering it's it's that your soul, in effect, is is accessing a memory of how the universe works because it has
0: access to all of that. Yeah, it's kind of like the, the Akashic Re- Records over in India where right. it's kind of that same concept where it's like almost like this floating internet above you to use mm-hmm. a crude thing that, yeah, the second a new idea and heavy quotation marks happen, it really is just like a, a download from source where it it's is. Yeah. yeah, a pre-existing concept that's, you know, like, oh, I, instead of thinking, oh, I found the, uh, the, the idea of uh, opening a wine bottle with a shoe, I actually went to shoewinebottle.com in the Akashic Records or the platonic, you know, yeah, uh, it, the Socratic mm-hmm. magical world. Then access that information instead right. of a new thing coming. Yeah, I struggled with that forever, and then I finally figured it out. I'm like, oh, yes, yeah. yeah, anamnesis. Anamnesis yeah. is
1: the is the world is the word for it we have in the in the in the West. Um, so so the art of memory or the or the concept of like building an entire microcosm in your mind to mirror the the macrocosm or to mirror the entire cosmos, uh, also gave you this sense of like if you can do that, you have you have the act you have the ability to remember or recall uh the entire the entirety of everything you basically attain like godlike knowledge powers yeah um so i spent a lot of time talking about that talking about how it, it, amazingly like i i've been studying this stuff for a long time so um and and I'd I'd given like talks about various parts of it. So I'd given talks about sort of um, the imaginal world or the phantasmal phantasmic faculty. I'd given talks about the art of memory. And I'd given all of these talks that were sort of like little and individual, trying to sort of break it up into pieces. And for a long time, I'd sort of been like, you know, I, I would love to just be able to rep, to present all of this stuff at once to an audience. Uh, but it's too much. It's gotta be two parts. And then after I, uh, after I had been doing it for a while, I was like, no, I can totally fit this all into like a 45 minute talk. So I made my slides and I put together my notes and I was like, yeah, I'm totally doing this. I got up there. I started talking and I started talking. And at some point my voice started giving out. And I was like, that's weird. Usually I don't start losing my voice until I've been talking for like 45 minutes. It turns out I'd been talking for like an hour and a half. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> which I, which is, uh, it, it, i mean the, oddly enough the audience seemed very engaged and they were taking notes and they seemed to be having a really good time which was great for me and they got really good questions and stuff at the end but uh if any of you are listening right now i'm really sorry that i spoke for an hour and a half i i don't think that's very fair uh to the to the listeners so i guess you got your money's worth
0: yeah and you proved that yeah maybe it should have been a two-parter yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh it's it's pretty fascinating stuff and um and I think that for anybody who has uh any sort of like occult or esoteric practice, looking into the art of memory and the way that the that the sort of imaginal or phantasmal world works is really important. Uh we I you've done I mean, you've got a an L B R P thing on the wall over there. So I know you've yeah. done a little bit of like uh, at least a little bit of like a cult ritual and stuff. Oh
0: no, I've done a shitload. Yeah, yeah, no, I, and you know, I was, that, I was a quotes practicing magician for a while. Yeah. yeah,
1: and you know, like one of the things that you learn really early on is is uh, visualization. Like you do all these visualization exercises to learn how to like you know recreate exact images of tarot cards, or uh, you know, visualization is really really heavily emphasized. And in fact, all of those rituals involve visualization um, in terms of like you know drawing pentagrams in the air and all this sort of stuff. Um, and I feel like when I first started out, the importance of visualization or sort of like the, the um, actual impact that it had was not clear, but after doing more research into it and reading about, um, about how we used to talk about this sort of stuff, I totally understand it now. It's, it makes so much more sense um, and you see clues and hints about it all over the place. Once you start, you know, thinking about it that way, uh, my fame, my fate. One of my favorites is from uh, Plotinus, who said, uh, "Memory and, se- and and sensation are not passivity but power." Hmm. Um, so that's been uh, you know coming across that or having that realization has really informed and changed my own like magical practice a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I suppose the, the 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 question is. How does one word this? It, you can be if, rude if, if you it's need a, to. Oh no, no, I'm not. I just. It's, I'm trying to like word put because I I'm a weirdo and believe in strange things. And, yeah, and yeah. I I have the amount of sigils that have been created in this room. I couldn't even begin to tell you. I'm chaos magic number one because I gave uh-huh. up on ritual a while ago. But um, if this works, mm-hmm. would shouldn't you be able to know anything right now? And I'm not This is more a devil's advocate kind of question. If the if if the function is there,
1: mm-hmm.
0: why can you not like? Why can't you right now? Like, it just not p- putting you on the spot, but like, why can't one go? Uh, well, tell me, tell me about Atlantis. You know, the or, yeah. or some something because if 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 the website is open, you know, mm-hmm. if, if the if the access to the records are, are there, prove it. You know, I, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying uh, that, but as a as a you know. I, I mean that's a that's a really good
1: question. Uh, I honestly don't know. I do know that in Meno, and I can't remember what the proof is, but in Meno, um, Socrates demonstrates a proof of this. Yeah, uh, through uh, which you know you can read it and be like, oh, that's not a real proof. But I think um, we have a really different approach to the way that we think knowledge works now. So, so I, I still don't. I still agree that we're probably not like creating knowledge that we are acts. Ax- you know, we are learning, and maybe that learning is a type of soul remembering um, new things. But that doesn't mean that things are simple enough for you to remember. Right? So you need to build on stuff. It's not mm-hmm. like you can all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, I remember all the rules of, of Japanese grammar. Yeah, You have to start right. with... You, because the, the process of, of anamnesis feels like learning. We call it learning. But that still means that you have to take something... Pass it through into the soul to to create the right forum to access whatever divine thingamajig is up there. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So just because you want, to, there's no Google. Yeah. How's that?
0: Yeah. No, that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah. It's it, it, this is one of those, and it, my entire life just goes back to the idea of you know, kind of what's the proof? Show me the thing because uh-huh. which I, is how you should be. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I've just been desperate to find anything <laughs> just the one because i mean as much as i've done you know i've done uh, you know a uh, hundred magical works and mm-hmm. i can't say that any of them worked but i can't say that they haven't you know and it's one yeah. of these things where it's like well is this just is this just complicated sexy psychosis uh, you know is this uh, oh man uh, yeah, yeah
1: that's that's uh so you know and then the other, like last night i was on the uh, on a panel um talking about grimoires and uh i was on the panel with um with a couple of guys. One of them was uh, Larry Roberts, who's the publisher of Miskatonic books. And he was, uh, he was talking about, he's like, you know, you don't, he's like, you're not going to know if it's psychosis. You know, you're going to summon a demon. You're going to have a conversation with the demon. You're going to have, you're going to actually talk to this thing. You're going to smell it. You're going to see it. You're going to talk to it. And then afterwards you're going to be like, was that all in my head? Did I just go crazy for a second? Did I just make myself go crazy? Am I huffing too much frankincense? (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, you don't really know, I guess, if it's psychosis, which is pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's the, I mean, that's the question. And again, for me, it's it, this all goes back to like the same thing with writing, where it's like I didn't choose to, I just I just write. Where it's like I tried to give it up, and it just, it's, uh-huh. you know, the next thing I knew, I was writing a fucking haiku when I – piece of paper, you know, on a napkin, like Mm -hmm. it's just, it just, it's, it's, I can't stop. So like, same as like any kind of like magical thinking to use the kind of Western phrase or whatever. It's like, it's just kind of, I'm kind of built that way, like ritual and kind of inventing ritual. is kind of part of it. Oh yeah. But is that... Are we, you know, are we just? Is this like a sexy OCD? It's like, is this, you know, are we, are we just? Is this the other way that you don't collect cat shit in your house? You know, like, is, uh, this, is this hoarding? <laughs>
1: are you? But I mean, the thing is, are you just trying to categorize it to give it a label and tuck it away somewhere? I don't know. But I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'd, I'd, I'd be aware. I'd be careful about that too. Like, I, I don't know either. I, I think that one of the things that we learned by looking at how, um, how this stuff was sort of perceived or looked at in the past is we, we discover that, we discovered that we there throughout throughout the ages the way that we have perceived ourselves and thought about ourselves has changed uh I, I, you know i mean you know you could relate it to the sapir whorf hypothesis or something but um but the way that we perceive ourselves and think about ourselves and think about the world around us changes our ability to interact with that world you know so um i totally sound like sound like some sort of new thought guy now but it's totally like you your thoughts affect your interaction.
0: Yeah, totally. And and the
1: way that you think or the way you approach thinking too, you know, so yeah. your meta thoughts. Mm, yes, something like that.
0: Mm. I might yeah.
1: I might have invented something.
0: Well, it's it's you know like the uh in 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 um in buddhist philosophy it's the the mm-hmm. chattering monkey mind and then the mind so it's mm-hmm. like where if you're trying to meditate and you're like trying to silence the chattering monkey who's the one trying to do the silencing you know is there that kind of yeah, yeah. meta consciousness there's the kind of the the multi-layered kind of thing you know
1: right right yeah that's uh i think that's something to keep in mind did i just get louder
0: um i don't know did you
1: I don't know well, I like it, I sound better
0: oh okay yeah i I didn't mean for that to happen, but <laughs> well, that's yeah. cool I
1: don't know, I don't know what we just did, but i I, I like it
0: I guess i get, we willed it into being by our by our very thoughts <laughs> uh, so i mean this this is just going I mean, I guess we're kind of traveled from from the magical memory aspect of it, but it's just the I don't know, I guess I just, you know, in the end, I guess I just, I'm just a petulant child demanding proof, you know, I mean, I, yeah, just, I really, honestly, I just want to, be, I want to make it more complicated than it is. It's oh, just, yeah, you know, and, it's, and uh, <laughs> I think, um, so, so, uh,
1: you know, I mean, uh, in terms of like the exoteric, like proving that the art of memory works, like you can totally do that. You yeah. can, you can use it, you can memorize stuff. Uh, it totally works to memorize stuff. Um, What that means uh, from an, from an esoteric point of view or from a point of view that, you know, of spirituality and magic and stuff, like that's something that you will have to determine through experimentation on your own um you know i also do a lot of ritual and one of the things that i decided was um ritual should be performed from memory so i will memorize a ritual before i perform it and i memorize it using the art of memory um and the way i do it is i will create memory structures or memory palaces or something that match the ritual that i'm going to be doing yeah so all of the symbolism and all of the um imagery that goes along with the ritual is built into my memory of it which means that as i perform it i'm acting on multiple different levels right where i where i walk through the memory palace in my head which matches the ritual while creating the ritual in my imag- in my imaginal vision as i'm performing it along with reciting the words that go and motions that go along with it so it just adds an extra level of immersion into the ritual atmosphere
0: yeah does
1: that make sense no no it
0: totally does no yeah. i i i think i do something similar to that when i do because when i say i gave up a ritual i gave up on um the rituals other people invented like yeah. i just found you know kind of free-forming it and doing something you know mm-hmm. different it's just you know fit me better kind of magically as i kid yeah. and everything um so no i totally get that because i was kind of picturing the way i do ritual i'm like yeah i think i'm kind of doing something similar to that to like i was imagining drawing a pentagram in my head and i'm like no, I actually do imagine drawing a pentagram and imagine my hand while my hand is doing it instead yeah. of, you know, and it's like it's kind of a similar mm-hmm. similar thing although I'm not going through the whole, you know, uh thought palace kind of deal.
1: Right, right. And that that action um is something that uh that you learn you know, we we call it like the astral world or whatever. Yeah. Um so that's that's totally how it's supposed to go you're doing you're doing it right
0: yeah i, I mean i think so just because it feels proper i mean because mm-hmm. I, I mean in the end it, it's it, you know the way because i i tend to fall into a scientific mindset a lot more often than i fall into ritual uh-huh. but in the end if, if if it feels meditative that's fine for me instead mm-hmm. of you know even if i'm not reaching some spiritual high or actually like connecting to anything it's still yeah putting your brain in a kind of meditative you know reset state which is you know yeah, absolutely. You know, I, modern science, we've I, got it demont- you know, yeah. demonstrated that meditation works. It's helpful. So.
1: I completely yeah. agree with modern science on that. Um, yeah, and I agree with your assessment of that, too. Like, you know, if you do a ritual, if you're doing ritual, even if you're doing like some sort of regular ritual or something, and you have times where you feel like nothing happened or you didn't connect to anything, but you still enter sort of a meditative state, then I think that's still... Healthy for you and working in the right direction.
0: Yeah. So, what, what, I mean, if if you're okay to talk about, what sort of ritual do you do? Like, I mean, what, 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 not necessarily, you know, detailed list, but like, Um, is there one that you're comfortable bringing up?
1: Well, I suppose probably the ritual that I'm doing most regularly now is, uh, is the middle pillar ritual. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, you know, outlined in any book on modern, like, Golden Dawn style magic. Uh, and partially that's because I'm heading up a Kabbalah club for the Scottish Rite Freemasons and teaching a bunch of Scottish Rite Freemasons a bunch of different like Kabbalah meditations and stuff. Um, and I'm using as a basis sort of something very similar. It's I, I call it what it, I think I call it the middle pillar light, which is just sort of like a really easy version of the middle pillar ritual. So um, and that one You know, I do almost entirely, it's, it's all internal. Like there's not a lot of movement involved in the middle. Um, yeah. So it's funny to call that a ritual. It's, it's a, it's a ritualized meditation that has like specific stages in it and specific things you say and specific things you memorize. And I've been doing it for so long that I don't really, I don't think I really use a memory, memory structure for that, but you definitely, it's all visualization. So it's all phantasmal, imaginal. Yeah um
0: what do you and and so what uh do, what do you get from this what do i get from what's it? the i mean what's what's the ritual for like what's the what's the outcome if one can word it that way which is always difficult to say stuff like that but you get the idea
1: yeah uh i mean for me it's it's pretty basic it's 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 centering it's um i use it uh as sort of a ritual cleansing ritual I just use ritual twice in that description. Yeah, uh, but I use it as definitely sort of a, a a ritual of of cleansing the area that I'm in. So I use it almost like a banishing ritual, or the and then I use that as sort of a lead in because you enter into sort of a trance state by the time you're done with that ritual. You you definitely enter into like this, you know, by the end of that ritual, you're you're sort of floating in what they call the body of light, um, and it's definitely trance like. And I use that trance like state as a kicking off point to other uh other kabbalistic style rituals um some of which and yeah i i don't know if i want to talk about all this on a podcast oh no, no, it, no that's fine it, it does no, get no, a it little is... it does get a little private you no, know that's you...
0: right that's why I, that's why i prefaced it with the things you're comfortable talking about i understand yeah. there's certain uh i i know there's as much as i admit to like incredibly awful stuff on this show there there are certain kind of private things with ritual where you're like yeah i don't really want to yeah i don't want to go yeah, there yeah totally
1: i but, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's something that, uh, yeah, if you ever run into me in person when we're not and you're not recording me, I totally would, would tell you more about it. But um, but just as a, a, you know, one of the things that I'm doing right now, um, I just started getting into, uh, I, or I just started like spending a lot more time with grimoires and um, studying grimoires a little bit more. And I've been getting into um, the Arbitel, which is a grimoire about, uh, st- uh, sort of interfacing with the Olympic spirits, which are possibly related to like the sort of Greek gods or the Greek personifications of the planets or something of that nature. So I, um, and that also requires, you know, memory work and memory palace type stuff to memorize those rituals.
0: That's cool. Yeah. And so you're trying to, you know, hang out with some ancient Greek gods.
1: Uh, yeah, they don't really call them the Greek gods. They're 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 spirits. You know, they don't have the names of the Greek gods, but each one is associated with a specific planet. I think you know you sort of like look at these things on like rungs of importance, and the Olympic spirits are like one rung below the gods or something. Yeah, yeah. I honestly don't know totally, but uh, but I've had some success. It's been weird. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So uh,
0: you know, this is something I I brought this up with a previous guest, and and I didn't get quite the answer that. Mm -hmm. Um. No, I'm not going to badmouth anybody. Uh, okay. okay. Do you ever worry uh, getting in touch with things? Like, you know, something getting attached or something being negative or, you know, that that sort of thing. You know, kind of the... Yeah, you know, I was raised Christian, so I've got all this, yeah. you know, huge baggage of demons and et cetera. You know, does that is that anything that ever concerns you when you're, you know, entering into this stuff?
1: Um, A little bit, I suppose. I don't worry about it too much because, you know, I've been doing ceremonial magic for so long that I've got, you know lots of experience with banishing rituals and stuff under my belt so i feel like if there was anything like that that popped up i would be able to get rid of it just fine yeah i wouldn't i so i don't feel i don't feel like i'm doing anything where i'm getting in over my head um which is interesting when you work with you know the olympic spirits they're each tied to planets and some of the planets the personifications of the planets are sort of terrifying you know uh And I think um, just the way that timing worked out, like the first one I tried was, was Saturn, which is the scariest of all planets. Yeah. So uh, you know, I felt a little nervous going into it and then I then it all went just fine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. It's mm-hmm. one of those kind of uh I mean, for me I just never trying to talk to anything that i can't handle so it's you know right. it's not a world where like anybody asks me that i'm like no i have no worries because i'm kind of a wuss when it comes to this stuff so i just don't i i'm, <laughs> I'm just every 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 prayer starts with only benevolent stuff that's like really uh, happy and like really into yeah. mankind and i don't even <laughs> want to fuck with anybody i'm not trying to be challenging i just want to
1: talk to like a uh, the easter bunny maybe <laughs> yeah i archangel michael like one of those really yeah. positive like, yeah, you know super like, happy guy yeah that's that's all i'm looking for yeah i'm uh-huh. uh,
0: i'm I've, I've not i'm not about to start battling some you know right spirit battle on like it.
1: asmodeus or
0: yeah no 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 horrible things i don't want lom anywhere near me like yeah i don't i don't, I don't need i don't need anything crowley <laughs> fucked with i'm good yeah yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that's probably the safe way to do it
0: yeah i think so i mean i have as far as i know nothing's been too terribly attached to me over the years so mm-hmm. uh, but you know i have no well, idea. i mean
1: you did get a stalker
0: yeah, but, that, but it that sounds was... like even
1: he was kind of an easy stalker. He wasn't like a bad guy stalker. Yeah,
0: pretty laid back, and and I'm pretty sure flesh and blood. So that's uh-huh. you know, yeah, kind of you know, it's pretty all right. You know, yeah, probably. There's no you know transdimensional you know. I mean, did you ever aliens. see him in person? Uh, theoretically, I have. Uh-huh. The, 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 okay, so the, the, so maybe not flesh and blood. There were well, other people had met him. Um, uh. it, the way this started was he claimed to be me to someone back when I was a blogger uh and i was like that's weird and then he showed back up later when the podcast started and i kind of put it together that it's him and it's a whole long convoluted story but interesting um, so it it was a you know an actual person or at least something claiming to be a person Mm -hmm. yeah it could i mean it could be a a 12 foot shape-shifting lizard that was you know now (laughs) claiming to be you know a human being that reminds me
1: of something really strange that i heard recently um a friend of mine uh who i don't i didn't i don't see very often i'd stop by his apartment to visit and he was like he was like have you been on that uh i don't uh, have you been on a highway 99 on like the overpass over division and stuff recently i was like i don't know is there a bus that goes over there i don't think i've been up there he's like well that's really weird because your name is your last name is spray painted on the on on the oh really i was like what uh and i know that there are other arnesons in town there aren't very many you know there's my little brother there's uh, my name twin erica arneson um and maybe a couple other Arnesons, but it's not a, it's a super uncommon name out on the west coast so i'm just wondering like who or why would my last name be graffitied on the highway 99
0: yeah how weird yeah. yeah i
1: never went to look at it to see but uh and nobody ever sent me a picture of it or anything but that is pretty bizarre
0: yeah that's odd yeah well, maybe it's a maybe it's a venttual spirit that wants to get back at you in the most inane way possible
1: yeah. <laughs> ha I'm just gonna yeah. get you a fine for graffiti yes <laughs> yes they, but they would have to use my my first name also so
0: well, you know, they could be shit at it. I mean, we're talking about, yeah. like, ancient things. I'm sure they don't know a lot about, like, you know, how the law works. Yeah. And he's all just like,
1: I'm super, I'm just really uh, excited that I remembered how the English alphabet works.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He had to work in his memory palace yeah. for ages to come up with that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, and do spirits even have their own memory palaces? I feel like it, they would just sort of, like, dangle out behind him or something.
0: Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Just kind of fly around, scoop up, you know, scoop up some English and throw it at a wall. So uh, what what is this book you have?
1: Oh, yeah. I brought the Picatrix. Um, I probably should. We should probably have more wine.
0: Okay, let's have more wine. Okay. There's there's also shitty boxed wine if we run out of this, so don't worry. We we come correct.
1: <laughs> Oops, I bumped the microphone. Sorry, everybody.
0: Yes, everybody at home, you should you should be furious. Oop.
1: Okay, so uh, the Picatrix is a grimoire, and grimoires are. Basically, collections of like magical spells and catalogs of demons, and like they're some of them are super old. They go back to kind of like the Greek magical papyri, which were I think probably like second or third century AD. Um, and they go through periods of popularity and not so popular popularities. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. Um, and the picatrix is a really fascinating one i think it's from about like the 12th to 13th century it uh originated in the middle east so it's originally like a arabic book of spells and magic although the way it's written and the kind of stuff that it has in it um has at least i think these are uh, these guys uh, john michael greer and christopher warnock um they suggest that perhaps it was sort of a book of like temple rituals and uh like priestly spells belonging to the uh sabians of haran i most likely didn't pronounce either of those things correctly but
0: well let me follow up with a question uh what the hell are sabians of haran i was just about to explain that thank you um
1: they were a um pagan community that had sort of uh like northern egyptian pagan roots uh, a lot of like hermetic stuff they they had copies of the corpse hermeticum and things who managed to survive um up until uh you know the middle ages i think and they were i believe in syria or someplace around there someplace in the middle east and um and that's that's who they were uh, or perhaps still are i don't even know that, that i've I've looked into this a little bit but not enough that I actually remember it but the Picatrix so this is this book was sort of viewed as like the blackest of grimoires for a while like it you know it considered to contain like some of the darkest secret. is this
0: somewhat well known because that name sounds familiar to me it is well known oh and, okay and when I mean, it, that's so why it's bringing a bell yeah, yeah
1: and this is the first full english translation and it came out in 2011 and when it did yeah. there was kind of a big hubbub about it so i'm sure you came across it i think
0: somewhere. that's where because picatrix is not a like that just it's springing a memory it's yeah. a cool name isn't it it is
1: um and so this book like one of the things that's really fascinating about it so christopher warnock runs this website called uh, i think it's called renaissance astrology actually i think it's right here
0: if someone was going to yeah. run a website called that somebody with the last name warnock is that is a I know, very a good cool yeah. name that's like nominative determinant. Like, yeah. yeah i wish
1: yeah. we could, i wish he was here well, i don't know where he if, lives if you want to book him yeah <laughs> yeah
0: well I, I would book him for my podcast why you said here we can fight over him.
1: um but, uh, so, so part, a, a big chunk of this book is about, um, sort of like classical astrology. So a lot of the astrology stuff that we do, you know, like the, you know, your, the horoscope and the newspaper and that sort of stuff is a uh, natal chart astrology. And most everybody knows what their sun sign is. You know, that's where the sun was when you were born. So like, you know, I'm a Scorpio cause I was born in November and, yeah. Um, but that's sort of the wimpy modern astrology and the older stuff, it gets way deeper and way more intense and deals with every single planet and the positions of specific stars in the sky. Each planet has like very specific spots where it's like exalted or diminished or, uh, I don't, I can't remember all there's a, there's a very, uh, specific, um, vocabulary that goes into like describing all of this astrological stuff. And I don't, I don't know it all I'm,
0: yeah, I have friends that are into it. Yeah, and, and they they've given me the full reading and whatever. Yeah, there's a yeah. whole bunch of like ascending, descending, and then like the declination and inclination and like all this. Oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of really like. Apparently, the sun sign is like the least important thing. It's actually your. I think it's your moon ascending is the one that's most important to your personality. And there's yeah,
1: yeah there's a lot of uh, well, there's a lot of stuff that and and I, again, like I don't know a whole lot about how the modern astrology stuff works, but but in here, like it talks a lot about how the slower a planet moves across the sky, the more influence it has so where saturn and jupiter are tend to be very very important and their influence like if they're near another planet they can totally like diminish the effect of the other planet just because they're so big and scary Oh, okay yeah. um so there's a lot of stuff like that uh one of my favorite things about the picatrix so so a lot of grimoires uh it's hard to really categorize them a lot of them, especially ones that are really popular, are all about, like, summoning demons and angels and talking to them and having conversations and stuff.
0: Yeah. Those are pretty uh, much the only ones I've ever read.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and a lot of those involve, like, you know, summon this demon if you want to, like, hunt for treasure. Or summon this demon to get, like, this girl to fall in love with you. You know, so they're, they're sort of a combination of, like, summoning rituals and, um, and like, I don't know what you'd want to call it, low magic or practical magic or something like that. So the Picatrix uh, doesn't have a whole lot of the demon stuff. But it does have these catalogs of spells that a lot of them are based on animal parts. I call it meat magic.
0: Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. It's never
1: anything that I'm going to do because you have to, t- it's a lot of it's just really gross. You know, it's, there's like, it'll be like, collect one pound of sparrow brains and mix it up with like a, with like toes and grind yeah. it together with, with ambergris and, and mix it with wine and chug it. Or you know, it's weird, yeah. gross um, stuff like that. Uh, a lot of it involves um, kind of like metal alchemy stuff, where you, you know, you're just going to be giving yourself lead poisoning. Let's let's face it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. There's there's a a lot of the uh, kind of. um those books involve stuff that yeah modern modern medicine would would like highly frown upon Mm -hmm. like the the, the amount of mercury you're you're gonna have in your system if you follow a lot of like the uh the ancient what did they call it quicksilver back then oh yeah, yeah you're gonna have mercury poisoning too sweet if you follow a lot of those books
1: yeah i i wish i would have marked a spot in here to to read something um here this is so and then it also hints that a lot of that stuff is bullshit. Like it's like I'm giving you all this stuff, but you don't want to don't pay any attention to it. Oh, is that true? Y- yeah. Oh, um, that's all because there's because there are whole chapters in here that are all about like sort of like Neoplatonic philosophy. Yeah. Or um or or, or another big thing is uh, and this is something that 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 people have been I think paying a little bit more attention to since Kulyano's uh, stuff about imagery and visualization started coming out. Um. It talks about uh, image magic, where you create these images uh, and and are supposed to have like these intimate not like sexually intimate but like personally intimate uh, experiences of the images and one of the quotes is about that here i'll I'll read this one for example. A magister who makes the image of a lion ought to be brave and vigorous, nor should he fear any animal that exists in nature. On the contrary, he ought to be a man who has encountered a lion and knows and understands its nature and realizes that others may be led by it into anger and ill will. But the thing that I really like about this is, like, you're creating an image of a lion. So... It doesn't make it clear necessarily if that's like an image is in like a talisman that like you've like carved into a piece of gold or if it's uh, or if it's an entirely imaginary image or if it's both like you yeah. might have to do both. But the thing is, you're supposed to experience that image so much that you're not just a man who made an image of a lion. You're a man who encountered a lion. Yeah, that's cool. Which mm-hmm. is which is kind of neat. And there's a, a and then this uh, but the other quote is um uh book three, chapter four why the secrets of this science may not be understood, except a little at a time. It says, The ancient sages who have spoken of the occult sciences and magic in their books wrote them as obscurely as they could, so that no one would be able to gain any benefit from them, except by means of wisdom and continual study and practice in them. This chapter is placed here as though by mistake, in order to make a modest demonstration of this. Oh that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but yeah it's it's really fascinating. There's a ton of really intense astrological stuff including a lot of things that like tie astrology to medicine. They used to use astrology to diagnose medical issues. Yeah uh, which sounds like they should have figured out pretty quickly that that didn't work so well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess when you don't have an alternative, you know, you're, yeah. you're sort of like yeah. well
1: somebody said this works.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to somebody recently. You're saying how, like, there's a reference in that book, you know, the, basically, this is confusing because it's meant to be confusing and you just have to do it. Is, uh, that, so I have a, I have a, I think we talked about it last time. I don't remember if it was on air or not, but I have a Crowley issue where I used to like him mm-hmm. and then I read more of his stuff and I just found him infuriating. Yeah. And, um, I was talking to a friend who's who's quite the Crowley apologist, and he basically said, well, yeah, he's doing that on purpose. Like, mm-hmm. he's actually, he's trying to be a dick. He's trying to be as, uh, as you know, obfuscating as possible. Like, like, that's the point of the books. Right. And then, you know, etc. cetera. You, you have to put in the study and whatnot. But, like, you know, that's that's one of the reasons he did it that way. I'm like, yeah, I get that. And and I suppose that, you know, probably should, like, calm my annoyance at him a little bit. But also, couldn't... Sorry, again, I'm wish-fulfilling. Can we just have one fucking clear book? <laughs> like, it's just the the annoyance I have of like, I'm tired of having to do so much work for everything that it's just, yeah, I, just... what? Why has no one just written one clear content book?
1: I suspect that there are people who feel like they have written clear books, but when we read them, we're like, this is yeah, totally not clear. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you know, you're, you're 100% right. I mean, That's exactly I mean, what it is. I uh, mean, in fact, we could look at Periphery as a great example of it. Like, you feel like... You tell everybody what's happened right at the beginning of the book, but how many people have read that book and then come back to you and been like, oh yeah, I totally got it. It was this and this and this and this. It was totally clear. Thank you for writing such a
0: clear book. Uh, I mean, a few did because I kept saying like, if you read it again, you'll totally understand and the people that read it uh-huh. again went, oh yeah, I get what you're saying. Right. But um, yeah, no, that that is true. Because it was a I hard were...
1: concept. It's not like an easy concept to wrap your head around. Like initiation itself, you don't yeah. even, you can read about initiation until the cows come home. But until you go through an initiatory experience, you have no idea what that actually means.
0: Yeah, you're right. I just, I would like one easy thing. Like, here's, 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 this is my fantasy world. Okay. I would like one magician to answer whether magic affects reality. Yes. Now, when's when's the dot, 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 but however... Well, you said you wanted a clear answer. No, but I want one that you believe in. (laughs) No, I totally believe that. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because usually you get the, and I give it myself, of the, well, it depends on whether you consider reality reality or the, you know...
1: Oh, yeah, I totally think magic affects reality.
0: So, I'm glad you said that because it's so frustrating. (laughs) Uh, And and, and the thing is, I give that answer as well. Uh, Why, and I, I suppose, let me put it this way. Why have you not won the lottery then? And I'm not saying you. Again, I'm throwing questions uh, from the audience out. This is very much because I know my answer to that. I have never tried. Uh, why not? Well, I don't... I've
1: I've made money before. Yeah. And um, I don't really like who I am when I have a lot of money. So oh, I don't feel like that's a test that I want to go through again. I don't even play the lottery. I would never... It wouldn't even occur to me to do that like if i'm going to go through all the trouble of like putting together some sort of ritual or spell or summoning something or doing something in order to you know have some sort of practical effect like that uh it would be much more practical i'd do something like you know get me a car or, or something of that nature but the thing that i mean the thing that happens is you know magic of that sort it's not like, it's not like, you know, Gandalf calling down Thunderbolts or something like that. It's totally way more like, uh, uh, you know, new thought self-affirmations, like you staring at yourself in the mirror every day and yelling, get yourself a car, get yourself a car, get yourself a car, and then you yeah. go get a car. You know, it's, um, so yeah, magic works, but, but, but like that sort of magic, like you're still working in the real world. You know, it's, it's not, it, it's not supernatural.
0: Well, I guess that's the. Uh, let me rephrase my question then. Does supernatural magic exist?
1: <laughs> um, I've never seen it. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I I don't think that. I don't think that there's even such a thing as supernatural. Uh, at well, least I'm not mean... not in a way that we can experience, right? Like, yeah. I don't feel like we have enough. Of an understanding about natural means to know that there is something. Well, let me let me
0: throw let me throw the situation. The reason okay. I bring up lottery is because it's the thing that's most outside of your control is why mm-hmm. I bring it up. So let's say that you want to, and, and I'm not going to use the word manifest, but let, let's say um, what's something good, uh, 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 yeah, a car, sure. Okay. Without staring in the mirror saying, "I want a car," I want a car that that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Could you not you? And again, this is very much the audience asking, because these are the things I keep talking to people about afterwards. Uh-huh. Could you create not create a car, but could you bring a car into your life without go- without a way that you could have done without doing a ritual? Like, going, well, I could just put away 20 bucks a month uh, for X number. You know, what I'm saying like the c- could you perform a ritual that would influence the reality as we understand it to bring a car into your life? And again I'm very much not saying you as a, you know, you um, Eric, but I mean as as a as as one who practices magic. I do know that there are people who think they can. Yeah.
1: Um again like that's that's never really been an aspect of it that's been of a lot of interest to me. Um So I don't know. That's a good question.
0: It's just this is kind of the fun I mean it's part of the question that I have as as someone that practices but like cuz I can't give the answer even though I do some of the things where it's is it a tangible is it, you know, against, you know, what we understand as the, you know, the laws of reality. And, and not we, but like, you know, sciencey reality, uh, not
1: um Yeah, you know, I don't know the answer to that question either. I that's a that's a good question.
0: See, that's Thanks. kind of the question I more met when you said the direct yes. That wasn't the one I wanted. No, this is this is the thing is because I haven't I because the thing is I, was... I haven't met anybody that not that I haven't met anybody. I've met a lot of people that do the. I claim I can, you know, bring a car into my life. Or, you know,
1: I suspect that a lot of it is because as you practice this stuff, as you get good enough to actually work on it, um, you know, working on working on magic and and learning about that stuff involves a lot of like change in your character. Like it, uh, you know, it ideally, you know, especially if you look at for instance like uh, Kabbalah practice or things like that. Like there are big chunks of Kabbalah that are like. You're not going to be able to do this until you are a righteous person. So so the implication then being like, oh, crap, I've got to go back and like work on my character and become like more moral and more, you know, virtuous and all this kind of stuff. And by the time you get there, you know, virtue is going to preclude, you know, by the time you're that virtuous or whatever, first of all, you're not going to brag about it. Second of all, you're probably not even going to do it because a lot of it involves things like being greedy or something of that nature. Um, So I don't know that. I, uh, yeah, I mean, there is no straightforward answer to that. I would say yes, it affects reality um, most, and, but I would say that you know the sort of reality that you're looking to affect is something that doesn't need to be affected as much, or that you know, it's not like you know, magic is always the hardest way to do something. Yeah. So it's going to be easier to go the other route. It's going to be easier to put twenty bucks away every every week or whatever and get a car than it is to magic up a car it's going to be easier to just buy as many lottery tickets as you can in hopes of winning the lottery than it is to like try to find exactly what sort of magic spell is going to do it because you know if it is possible who knows how many years of study it's going to take and who knows how much experimentation and you know trips to the incense store and drawing chalk outlines on the floor you know if yeah. if it is possible who even knows and by the time you get to the point where you studied and studied and studied and and reached that sort of level of like oh i have reached enlightenment to the spot where i can reverse the odds where if something is like you know three billion to one against me i can fix it uh, have you suddenly like ascended reality and become an ascended master and then all of a sudden you're like oh i don't need the lottery i totally just you know saw the face of god and died
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, so, but, you know, and this, this leads to the, and I, and I'm throwing these questions out. Obviously they're unanswerable, but it almost comes to the point of like, and this is something I've kind of learned in my magical practice is that it's almost like the point of being a magician is to not need to be a magician, Oh, is you I know think that's a really good insight. Yeah, yeah.
1: that wasn't what happened. That there. was God. Uh, oh, God, uh, yeah. God! God agreed with you right yeah. there. <laughs> uh, yeah, because because I, I, I Alex, you have yeah. achieved the next level.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of those things where it, it's the more the more I kind of get into it, the more I realize that like the same path. Like if I like I used to be like really into Buddhism, mm-hmm. um, and the more you know, kind of into that, I got. Let's end sentence fast forward six years doesn't matter why that stopped the more into you know being into like any kind of like magical practice i got it felt like i was doing the exact same thing Mm -hmm. and it's kind of this end result of like well it's almost it's just self-actualization through whatever various means of frankly weird shit you Mm -hmm. know that you need to do and then it's but it I kind of hate that because then it's like, well, then we can't affect reality. That kind of sucks because like there's a certain like, you know, a lot of people don't you know, you don't go to magic thinking like I'm going to go to magic because I want a really complicated way to learn how to meditate because I mean, in the end, it's almost what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Yeah. Uh,
1: it is. A lot of it is very complicated ways of meditating um, for sure. Uh, Yeah. You know, you have good questions. I would say. Yeah, I'm just going to – I think we should just stick with the yes. The yes is the short yeah. answer. That's well, the that's, clear uh, Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's yes. the thing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's
0: questions that, you know, it is never going to get answered because even though I met mm-hmm. anybody that could give an answer, you know, I, it's, it's – it's that stupid catch-22 is if I had met anybody that could give an answer, I wouldn't have the ears to hear it. It's, y- yeah. It's – you know, it's there just – you the, go. You know, but it would be – again, and, and this is very much like, you know, liking superhero movies. It would be nice – just once, to just somebody just give me one just little wink and somebody just kind of magic his hand around and you know poof and they're like a cat appears or something just just some just (laughs) one little small bit because you know it's funny because
1: you know i think anybody who's been practicing magic for a long time has experiences where you're sort of like what happened did you know was that real uh did i yeah just see that happen um for instance when i was first starting out um I was working out of uh, Donald Michael Craig's Modern Magic, uh, the cheesiest, cheesiest cover ever, but it'll get you started, you know, get you the basics. And one of the things you do there is every day you pull a tarot card and have like a tarot contemplation where you practice visualizing the card and creating it in your mind and all this kind of stuff. And uh, and I remember at one point when I was doing this, uh, I knew the card I was going to draw before I pulled it. Like in my head, I saw the picture of the card, I was like, Oh, I know what card I'm drawing. And I flipped it over and it was that card, and I was like, What the fuck? Did yeah. that really just happen? Um and it was a shitty card and it was totally accurate for what happened during my day and like all that kind of stuff, and I was just like, Nah Uh and I, I really freaked myself out. Uh and you hear stories from like other magicians who have, who are like, Oh yeah, I I've freaked myself out on more than one occasion. You know, you And then yes, who who knows? It's Sometimes I wonder if it just has to do with perception, like you suddenly, you know, it's like uh, some sort of creepy confirmation bias, like you look for these things more and more and...
0: Well, that's my it, concern. Yeah, it's like, yeah.
1: do you know about the Law of Fives from the Principia Discordia? Yeah. Uh, so it's totally like the Law of Fives where... Um, oh, that
0: was that, but that was your cue to explain to the audience. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> All right.
1: So in the Principia Discordia, the Law of Fives is that everything in the universe uh, is either five or directly or indirectly related to the number five. Yeah um and uh malaclips the younger one of the two writers of the principia discordia writes i find the law of fives to be more and more prevalent the harder i look for it
0: exactly yeah Yeah.
1: and i wonder if sometimes that's kind of like one of the spiritual insights that the principia discordia offers you is that the law of fives is prevalent if you look for it just like any sort of 11, you know, eleven eleven. You know, eleven eleven. Yeah, oh yeah. man, the eleven eleven thing bugs me so much. Why don't people get excited about twenty three, twenty three? That's much more law of five Z than eleven eleven. You know, it's
0: weird weirdly <laughs> for me, uh my birthday's nine twenty nine. I always see nine twenty nine on a clock. Well
1: there you go. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> weird, it's just what what does that make your son sign? Uh
0: Libra. Libra? Yeah.
1: That means what does that mean? Like you're well balanced? <laughs>
0: That's yeah, I mean that's what's supposed to I I frankly the 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 out of the tin description of Libra has nothing to do with me other than there is some creative stuff there, but for the most part is it's yeah, I've I've got yeah. no associate. But apparently like with all that other crap like the moon and all that thing, uh-huh. it's, is um that's supposed to be rather uh rather make sense. But it, 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 it long story short, I had you, somebody give me a full reading and she thought it sounded like me. Yeah. Uh, but you should the, get her to
1: you should get somebody to give you a full reading on your podcast.
0: Yeah, I, I looked and then for... have
1: people uh, tweet and vote. Does this sound like me? And they would. Yeah, I I looked for
0: someone to do that, but I couldn't find anybody to do it for free. Um, oh yeah, because I don't have the money to pay for a full reading because that's more than free. Yeah, that's about they take be a, pretty expensive. That's about the money I have, I, 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 my operating funds for this show. It's <laughs>
1: well, I'll tell you what, I've got a book. Um, it's a big ass giant astrology book that I got years ago at a at a at a mall. At the Roseburg Valley Mall, Garden Valley Mall in Roseburg, Oregon, which was, like, going out of business. And that, so I got the I got it for, like, pennies on the dollar. And I've used it to look up stuff. So we can we can use some computer software to generate your chart, and then we can, like, use that book to try to interpret it on the air. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, we should do that. That yeah. would be uh, pretty entertaining. It yeah. would probably be... Um, we would probably stumble through it a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, it's fine. I, yeah, I, I've, I've done, I've done stranger things. I've done full yeah. readings on the show. I've done. Uh, I did an entire episode of The Fool's Journey. I don't know if you've ever done the Tarot, of The Fool's Journey. You ever. Oh, and where you lay like, out
1: all the cards and
0: the the major arcana, the, the and you zero tell ther- the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I yeah. did that on the show, which uh, a lot of people were like, "Oh, that was amazing." Then other people were like, "What the fuck was that?" <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: yeah, I haven't done that pra- that that uh, practice in a long time, but I've done that to explain the major arcana out of the people. It'd be like, here's the here's the fool's journey, and That's, then you sort of tell the whole story. Yeah. And every time you do it, you you get something different for sure. Yeah
0: that's what i was trying to do but it was the first time i ever did it with the um it's funny because it's in for the crowley deck which you know it's got you know a couple of uh spot changes yeah you know and it's and it's doing it because i learned it through the rider wade smith uh like the explanation through rider wade smith mm-hmm. and then i was doing it's it like oh wow wait i have to think of my feet here oops yeah, yeah to, this is gonna be different yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh so all right we've been going forever uh um, how long have
1: we been talking 132 oh shit we yeah. should probably wrap it up
0: yeah uh yeah, let's just yeah, let's just send it here. Wait, let me. Uh, can I, it's,
1: we plug? I'll plug my podcast.
0: Oh, that's what that was going to be the ending. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, right. No, that's. Oh, I should say that we're we're ending the the new topic section. Let us let us tell uh, people where they can find you and, okay. and things like that.
1: All right. Well, you can find me online. Uh, I'm on. A, I'm a co-host of a podcast called My Alchemical Bromance, where we talk about beer and the occult. Uh, and you can find us at myalchemicalbromance.com. dot uh, com. I also have a blog arnamancy.com and I'm on Twitter at arnamancy. Yes. A R N E M A N C Y. Yes. Arnamancy.
0: Like, like like any kind of mancy but with Arna yeah, in front of it. Yeah,
1: because I'm, you know, Eric Arneson Yeah. I like it. Uh yeah, and I don't have any like public speaking coming up but uh someday I'm sure I will again. Yeah, because I love public speaking.
0: Yeah, I'm going to show up to one of those at some point. All right, It's going to be good. Yeah. I'll let you know about the next yeah. one. That'd be delightful. Right. Um, what do I have to tell anybody? Uh, whatever. Oh, yeah. Um, all the stuff I tell you every week, but a reminder that I do have another podcast called John and Alex Hate Stuff. John and Alex Hate Stuff dot Alex always spelled with two X's. That's when John frequent guest of the show. Uh, we sit down and uh, eviscerate movies and though actually the. Uh, upcoming episode is the fifth element where he hates it and i just gush about how much that movie rules so uh it's it's quite a funny one so you should do that find it on itunes and subscribe and all that sort of thing yes good evening